the rioters are starting to hit a little close to home, a little too close for comfort. We've been seeing cities around the country go up in flames. Well, over the weekend, not so far from our studio, there was a pro-Trump rally, just people driving their cars down the boulevard. And uh, the SWAT team was called out because some left-wing lunatic started firing on the parade from a window. Luckily, nobody was injured or killed because generally speaking, the left uh, they're not very good shots, uh, but they did shoot out a tire in the parade and uh, very few people want to cover that. Well, unfortunately, uh, in uh, some other places, conservatives weren't so lucky because the aim was a little bit better. We are in a state right now of open insurrection in this country. It, it's not just one city. It's not just one state. It's all over the place. And more importantly, it's not just Antifa and it's not just Black Lives Matter. It's, it's Democrats. It's Democrats and it's about an election. And at this point, there is no meaningful difference between Antifa and BLM and the Democratic Party. We'll get into the real power behind these riots. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from Thursday from Joe, who says, Michael, I really enjoy watching your show while eating my mostly vegan barbecue beef brisket and ribs for lunch. Well, thank you. No, I'm, I'm so glad. I, uh, as you know, I am a uh, fiery but mostly peaceful podcast host. So, uh, you know, it, we, we fit in well during these crazy times. I, I want to get into this. There was uh, mayhem uh, to a degree that I had not seen in this country over the weekend. Uh, we'll get to what all of that means, not, not even just for the election, even moving forward after the election. First though, gotta thank our friends over at CarShield. Never a better time, never a better time, folks. Uh, computer systems in the car right now are the new normal, right? And uh, look, I don't even know how to use simple cars. I don't even know how to fix cars as they used to be made. Now you've got electronically controlled transmissions, you got touchscreen displays, you've got sensors galore, sensors everywhere, and you can't fix any of these new features by yourself. And I certainly cannot. When something breaks, it can cost a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That is why I love CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computer, GPS, electronics, and more. All those things that usually don't get covered. They also have complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. Go get it, guys. These, these guys are really great. They cover all the stuff that very often uh, you will find doesn't get covered. They've helped over one million customers drive with confidence, knowing that you are covered from America's number one auto protection company right now. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands for a covered repair. Call 800-CAR-6000 and mention code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, or visit carshield.com. Code Knowles. So, a very sad story over the weekend. The leftists in Portland, Oregon murdered a Trump supporter, just out and out shot him. This was not in self-defense. This was not some sort of unfortunate accident that nobody intended. This was cold-blooded, deliberate murder. Take a listen to the scene. What's at least 
fortunate about the fact that we have this video is one, it hopefully will be easier to catch the perpetrators. And two, it's not, it's not so gory. You don't see it up close, but it's pretty clear what happened. And the audio is more telling than the video, because what you can hear there is we've got a trumper right here. We've got a trumper right here. This is not in self-defense. You know, it's not someone shot first, someone's taking a swing. We've got a trumper right here. Bang, bang. Now, initially, Antifa and the rest of the left tried to flip the situation. They tried to claim that they were the victims and that the conservative or the Trump supporter was the aggressor. Uh, that was not true. The, the victim here is Aaron Danielson, also known as Jay Bishop, who is a, uh, a conservative guy. Andy No, who's done incredible work covering all of this, pointed out that Antifa was falsely claiming to be the victims here. And, and, uh, but then they, they kind of admitted it. They admitted that they were the perpetrators. So what did they do? They, of course, called this conservative guy who, according to all evidence around, did not do anything wrong. Uh, they said that they killed a fascist. Not only that, they celebrated his death. makes him a fascist, that he supported Trump. That's it, basically. Well, he showed up in, in support of Trump or in support of conservatives. And listen to the language they use. They refer to fellow human beings as trash. And they celebrate and they laugh about killing someone and calling it taking out the trash. They, they would do this. They would celebrate killing any of us right? They call him a fascist. There's no, no evidence the guy's a fascist. As George Orwell pointed out now 80 years ago, 70 or 80 years ago, uh, the word fascist has essentially lost all meaning. What they're saying is he's a conservative, he's a Trump supporter, he's patriotic, he, maybe he wore the MAGA hat. That's what they're saying. That could have been any one of us, any conservative American in this country. They've been calling us deplorable and irredeemable for years. They've been calling us bitter clingers for years. Listening to that woman, listening to these Antifa slash BLM people is pretty chilling because of how honest they are. They say, yeah, we want you all dead. We want to kill you. We hate you. We hate you. We think you're garbage. We want to throw you in the trash and kill you. But they have been egged on to do this for years by people who are much more presentable than they are. It's a, it's a very short leap from deplorable and irredeemable to human trash. The mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, certainly should be prosecuted for what he has allowed to happen there. The president has offered federal support because obviously there's anarchy reigning on the streets and the mayor of Portland mocked him and said, no, I'm not, I absolutely don't want that. And now people are being killed needlessly. They've lost control. All Democrats, all elected Democrats who have been silent on this issue or who have encouraged this, and there are many, they bear responsibility here. So, so the, what do the left-wing media say about this? How, how do they make sense of this, that you now have leftist thugs in the streets just arbitrarily gunning down without any provocation, gunning down conservatives? Well, they say, no, it's actually 
the people committing the violence are actually white supremacists. They're actually white supremacists. Joy Reid tweets out, the riots are not Black Lives Matter marches gone wrong. Armed white nationalists are mobbing these cities to take advantage of protests and scare fellow white people into quietly siding with them. It's an old, tired, and true strategy, using fear and anti-blackness for politics. This is obviously not true, right? Unless all of these white supremacists are dressing up either like Ralph Northam when he was in medical school or like these kind of blue-haired, pasty Antifa guys with left-wing insignia everywhere. These would be the best disguised white supremacists you've ever seen. There aren't any. You look around. How many white supremacists are there in the country? Like three? And you look around. The people in the streets are not white supremacists. The people celebrating these deaths of conservatives are not white supremacists. So how do they get into this? How do you look at these shootings? How do you look at these shootings and say, actually, the people marching in the name of Black Lives Matter or Antifa, actually, they're white supremacists. The reason the left has to do this, and I don't think a lot of people have picked up on this yet, is because they have to justify a contradiction. What the left has been saying, what the media have been saying now for months is, these protests are not violent. You had a number of journalists yesterday even showing nice videos and photos from really rich areas of Washington, D.C. or or other places around the country and saying, look, everything's fine here. There's no violence. Say, right, it's fine in your nice rich neighborhood. What about the other neighborhoods where I can see the video? I can see the mayhem. I can see the fire. You've seen these these journalists on CNN and MSNBC. They'll stand in front of burning buildings and they'll say, oh, it's fiery, but mostly peaceful. Uh, It's mostly nonviolent. And of course, that's a lie. So they have to deal with the fact that they've been saying now for months, it's totally peaceful, but also all this violence is being caused by white supremacists. Wait a second. I was told there wasn't any violence. I was told it's totally peaceful. Yes. No, it's completely 100% peaceful. Also all of the violence that you can obviously see it's being caused by skinheads. Not very convincing. And by the way, if you want to, if you want to figure out who's celebrating this, who's egging this on, who's encouraging this, who's perpetrating this, Let's turn not to white supremacist plaza in Washington, D.C. Let's turn to the area that the mayor named Black Lives Matter Plaza and take a listen to what they're saying. I'm at the point where I'm ready to put these police in the fucking grave. I'm at the point where I want to burn the White House down. I want to take it to the senators. I want to take it to the Congress. I want to take the fight to them. And at the end of the day, if they ain't going to hear us, we burn them the f*** down. I'm one that talk real s***. I talk it in New York, and I talk it in D.C. The same way I f- police up in New York, I f- cops up here in D.C. The same way I bust police in the head in New York, I bust police in the head in D.C. Ah, those white supremacists. I can't believe they're allowed to spout their violent white supremacist rhetoric. It doesn't sound, doesn't sound like a white supremacist to me in Black Lives Matter Plaza, talking about the exact same riots that have been going on for months now that have been egged on, not just by the people on the streets, but by the people at the very top of the media and people at the very top of the Democratic Party. We will get to a congressman accosted, not by white supremacists, but by the radical left in one second. First, however, 
We've got to thank our friends over at First Leaf. You know how much I love First Leaf. I actually just got an order put through yesterday. I got, I was, I, you know, I do it, sometimes I do it on a monthly basis, sometimes two or three months, but, uh, you know, depending on my travel schedule. And I thought, where is my First Leaf? I've run out. I had no venophobia. You know how afraid I am of that. Uh, but finally, my my wine is shipping. I'm Clearly, I've got to move up the, the shipment calendar here because I... I, I did get very nervous when my first leaf was dwindling at the bottom of the box. These guys are terrific. It's very simple to get started. You take a quick quiz to assess your wine drinking preferences. Then first leaf sends you six expertly picked bottles of wine based on your answers. And they're going to check things out, right? So you're going to say, these are my f- flavors that I really like. They'll say, okay, that's fine, but maybe try, try this. And then I, you rate it up or down. The more you rate it, the closer it gets. So I'll get, I'll say, oh, this wine, there's no way. I, I don't like this kind of wine. There's no way I'm going to like that. I'll pour it out. It's delicious because they know my taste profiles now. It gets better and better. Today, sign up, get six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. That is six bottles of wine for only $29.95 at tryfirstleaf.com slash Knowles. I was very skeptical of wine clubs. I always am. And now I've spent... I've spent a ton of money on, on First Leaf because I've had it for so long and I love it. I, every time you use it, you're saving money because you get these great wines at a great price. So try firstleaf.com slash Knowles. Uh, a Republican congressman, Brian Mast of Florida, who is a war hero, lost both legs while serving in Afghanistan. He was walking back from the RNC, from President Trump's acceptance the other night when roving gangs of, was it white supremacists, as Joy Reid says? No. Roving gangs of Antifa and BLM and other left-wing agitators mobbed around him, mobbed around a disabled combat veteran and Republican congressman and intimidated him and started screaming in his face. Now, of course, this is a guy who's dealt with the Taliban, so I don't think he's going to be worried about these little left-wing agitators, but they have become violent. They have killed people even this past weekend. And so when they start threatening him, that when they start asking if he's afraid, he asks if he has a reason to be afraid. You're not afraid for your safety? No. Should I be? What do you think about police killing black people in this country? Don't worry, we're going to vote. What Good, do you, you think about vote. police killing black people in this country? I don't think anybody should get killed wrongfully. What do you that think about police killing black people right in this country? Process, Answer right? the question that I am asking How you. How do you feel about abolition? No, answer the question. How do you feel about police killing black people in this country, in this city? Anybody's right to due process. How do you feel about police murdering black people Anybody in this country. Anybody murdered is wrong. Anybody. How do you, you feel? Black people. 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 We are now in the midst of some cultish mania, as they just repeated. The, bl- uh, the police murdering black people. Police murdering black people. That isn't happening. That isn't happening. You can count the number of unarmed black men who are who are killed by the police every year. What, what is it? 15, 14, 15, something like that out of how many police civilian interactions, by the way, unarmed doesn't mean an unjustified shooting or killing. What murder are we talking about? It is an imaginary problem. It's a completely fictional problem, 
but people have been whipped up into a frenzy. In particular, the shrillest person in that video, of course, this presumably unmarried white woman, this white millennial woman who is just so screechy and shrill and screaming in this man's face about this national epidemic that simply doesn't exist. How have they been whipped up into this frenzy? What would tell people, not only to believe this nonsense, but that it is acceptable to approach a U.S. congressman and wounded war veteran and mob around him and start screaming in his face in the middle of the night? What would convince people of that? Elected Democrats. The leadership of the Democratic Party. This is not a grassroots movement. This is not something that's totally come out of control and, you know, responsible Democrats are trying to tamp it down. No, they invented this. The Democratic Party is behind this. Maxine Waters, a a number of other Democratic leaders told these people to do this, to mob around them, to get violent. Don't forget Maxine Waters about two years ago. Take a listen. She doesn't sound very different than those Antifa people talking about the human trash. She doesn't sound very different from the rioters on the streets now telling people to mob around them, go to to Republicans' homes, no justice, no sleep, where their children sleep, threatening their wives and children. This is an elected member of, of the U.S. Congress. She should be booted out of that body. She should be kicked out of Congress. She should be kicked out of polite society. But she isn't. She's a member of the ruling class, not just her. It's not even just the electeds. What about in the media? Chris Cuomo, Fredo Cuomo, the brother of New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, one of the worst governors, if not the worst governor in America. Chris Cuomo's got a CNN show. How did he use that platform? Did he use it responsibly because he's the adult in the room? These are the leaders of, of the Democratic establishment to say, hey, stop the violence. We can have protests, but they've got to be civil. No, he said exactly the opposite. He said, get violent. Now, too many see the protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets, persistent and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Show me where it says that, where the protests are supposed to be peaceful. Oh, in the first amendment, the first amendment says that where you have the right to peaceably assemble, but not to violently assemble. Okay. Well, thanks for showing me that guys. Uh, no, that, that was not his conclusion. He goes out there and says protests don't have to be peaceful. Well, if they're not peaceful, what are they? They're violent. And if they're violent, what does that mean? It means you're shooting people like happened in Portland. It means you're going to people's homes and threatening their wives and children. This is what CNN is openly calling for. It's even more recent than that. Joe Biden's campaign staff, Joe Biden, the Democratic nominee for president, 13 members of Joe Biden's campaign staff made donations to a bail fund to bail out the rioters who are burning down the cities and killing people. 13 members. This goes back to Minnesota during the first wave of these riots after the George Floyd killing. 
Although uh, now we've got new details on the George Floyd killer, right? We were told it was caused because a, a cop asphyxiated him with his knee. Now it seems from leaked documents from the medical examiner, it may have had something to do with the massive, more than lethal dose of fentanyl in his system. That may have contributed to it. Of course, that, that doesn't come out in the media either. Regardless, 13 Biden campaign staffers donated to bail out the people burning down the city. How about Keith Ellison, former uh, vice chairman of the Democratic National Committee, a current attorney general in, in Minnesota, former congressman. Keith Ellison smiling with a copy of the Antifa handbook. A handbook justifying political violence. There he is. He's smiling. And then, worst of all, the former future president, Hillary Clinton, after she lost and they were not able to reclaim the presidency for her in the attempted coup d'etat, Hillary Clinton put all of her cards on the table. He sh- she said, you can't be peaceful. You can't be civil with Republicans. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. But until then, the only thing that the Republicans seem to recognize and respect is strength. You can't be civil you've got to use strength. So when you're civil, when you have civil society, you debate things, you, you argue your points, you bring it to the voters, the voters decide. But she's saying you can't do that with Republicans. Why? Because Republicans oppose the things that I want. So this is an, like, this is the actual threat to our self-government, right? Which is, yeah, we can all be peaceful and civil so long as you give me everything that you want. And when can we have civil society again? She says, well, when I'm back in power. And what do we do until then? We show strength. We use strength. What what does she mean by strength? She means force. What does she mean by force? What does she mean by not being civil? She means violence. She means the shooting of people in Portland. She means burning down the cities. She means toppling our buildings and looting our stores. How, How many times do we need to see this and hear this before we get it? Keith Ellison smiling with the Antifa handbook. There is no Antifa. There is no BLM. There is no Democratic Party. It's all the same thing. <laughs> Call it, I, the, all of those groups exist, but they're all part of the exact same phenomenon. And to describe them as though they're completely separate. Well, Antifa is bad, but BLM is good and the Democrats are good. Or BLM, they, yeah, they've gone too far. They're communists. They're self-described Marxists, but the Democratic Party is okay. The Democratic Party is Antifa, is BLM. It's all the same thing. The Democratic politicians are the mainstream media, are the educational apparatus, and their wills are enforced. Their strength is shown by the terrorist wings known as Antifa and Black Lives Matter. It's all part of the same exact system. They are not opposed to one another. They work perfectly in tandem. They all, the people on the streets right now are just following orders. Who's giving the orders? You just heard them. You just heard them from CNN and Hillary and Maxine Waters and all the others. This is a much, much deeper problem than some anarchists in the streets. You know, some people are letting the Democrats off the hook a little bit here. They say, oh, look, they, they played a little bit with fire. They got a little too close and spun out of control and now they want to stop it. They don't want to stop it because of the violence. 
They don't want to stop it because now people are getting killed. They called for this and they don't like these. They hate these people. They call them deplorable, irredeemable, bitter clingers. The only reason they now want to calm down with the, the riots is, as Don Lemon said, because it's starting to show up in the polls because it's going to start hurting their chances of being elected. They're still telling people to do this. They're still presenting the ridiculous basis of all of the premise of all of this rioting. Donald Trump is divisive, right? Donald Trump is a racist. No. The Obamas were far more racist and far more divisive than Donald Trump. And for the one Obama that's still in the in public life, Michelle Obama, she's making that abundantly clear. Michelle Obama now has a podcast. Everybody's got a podcast. Everybody these days has a podcast. Michelle has a, a podcast in which recently she said that white people do not acknowledge that non-white people even exist. Take a listen. I've had it several times where I've presented to uh, members of my team, people that I've worked with, peers, go downstairs in the elevator, go out to lunch, and they walk right by you on the street. You're standing in line next to them at Sweetgreen, and they look right through you. They assume they don't know you. Um, they have no use for you. And yet you just help solve their legal problem or help make them some money or save them some money. But then when you're out in the world, you're just an invisible person. What is she saying here specifically? She's saying, I, people that I would work with didn't want to socialize with me outside of work. It must be because they're racist. It must be because they're bigots. You ever think maybe it's you? You ever think maybe you are a little unlikable? You ever think that you are uh, you, this woman who says, I've never loved my country. I've never been proud of my country until it elected my husband. You who are saying all white people are racist because they don't see black people who speak in these awful divisive tones. You ever think maybe it's you? Maybe it's not the color of your skin. It's just that you're not likable. <laughs> you're not a likable person because you're contemptuous of everybody else. No, that's not possible, right? She goes beyond work. She talks about this experience she had, this great slight she had as first lady in an ice cream shop that proves systemic racism. When the girls were little, this is when I was first lady. Mm -hmm. I am Michelle Obama, yes. the first lady of the United States. Of and, America. Of America. <laughs> and we had just finished the, taking the girls to a soccer game. We were stopping to get ice cream. And there was a line, and once again, when I'm a, just a black woman, I notice that white people don't even see me. They're not even looking at me. So I'm standing there with two little black girls, another black female adult. They're in soccer uniforms. And a white woman cuts right in front of us to order. Like, she didn't even see us. So I stepped up and I said, excuse me? I said, you don't see us for people standing right here. You just jumped in line. She didn't apologize. She never looked me in my eye. She didn't know it was me. Does anybody seriously believe that while Michelle Obama was the first lady of the United States, someone didn't recognize her at the ice cream shop around where she lives? Does anybody seriously believe that? No, of course not. So what does this amount to? What, what is the scene? They're in an ice cream shop and someone, they're waiting somewhere and then someone goes ahead in line. And then Michelle Obama says, hey, I'm waiting here. And then the woman backs away, but doesn't, you know, talk to her or anything, doesn't look at her. 
Has that ever happened to you? Regardless of the color of your skin or anything like that? Anyone ever accidentally cut you in line? Or maybe you're in a shop and they're not sure, are you waiting for your order or have you ordered yet and someone goes ahead of you? Has that ever happened? Of course, it happens all the time. I'm not saying every time you go into a restaurant or a shop or an ice cream shop, but a lot of the time. Have you ever cut someone accidentally? Yeah, I have. I did it like two weeks ago. And then let's say that that person you cut, this, this woman who makes damn well sure you know, I'm the first lady of the United States of America, of America. I'm the first lady, Michelle Obama. I'm so important. I'm so wonderful. Listen to my podcast. Read my book all about me, my favorite subject. You think maybe you might be a little intimidated. You might, you might not make, you might not be the most gregarious person there. Maybe you don't make eye contact when you're talking to one of the most powerful people in the world. You ever, is that possible? No, no, it can't be just a personal, just a slight, not just actually not a personal slight. It's a racial slight because they're all racist because they're all out to get you, Michelle, Michelle Obama, the greatest victim in the history of the world, Michelle Obama, the rich, famous, beloved, former first lady of the United States after this horrible racist nation elected her husband president twice because of how racist it is that he sure fooled them. Oh man, they didn't realize he's a black guy because they're so racist. They would never elect a black guy, right? They would never give her zillions of dollars to read her stupid book or listen to her stupid podcast. Oh no, wait a minute. The reality is completely the opposite. Completely the opposite. Doesn't matter though. This grievance narrative, man, that sure sells books. Talk to Robin DiAngelo, talk to the white fragility people or any of these other race hustlers. It sells a lot. This grievance thing sells a lot of books. And so that's what we focus on. Rather than have gratitude for our country, which Abraham Lincoln famously tells us in the Lyceum Address, is the only way that we're going to preserve our country, is to have gratitude and reverence for our founding, for our institutions. Even the greatest beneficiaries of those institutions and of that founding, and in this country, some of the most powerful, privileged people in the entire country, they tear it down. You know, it just, it sells better. It sounds, it feels so good to do that. This is not about seeing people. This is not about saying anybody's name. Because some of the most prominent politicians in this country who have seen lots of people who have said names still get mobbed, still get threatened with violence. We will get into that. We will also get into the sad story of Bella Thorne, someone I had never heard of until I found out that a movie star decided to make a quick buck turning into a porn actress. We'll get into that first though. I want to thank you for subscribing to the Michael Knowles Show YouTube channel. We are now closing in on 200,000 subscribers. We appreciate it. Uh, you can check out my latest attempt to guess a woke TV commercial. I've been trying this now. The TV commercials have gotten so woke, you can never tell what the product is. I felt I got a little bit better on this one, but you can check it out for yourself on the YouTube channel. Uh, this week's commercial was requested by one of our viewers, maybe the most absurd one yet. Good luck trying to guess it. Go to dailywire.com slash Knowles, by the way, and subscribe. We will be right back with a lot more. Michelle Obama's disgusting racist slander that white people don't see black people, that they don't know that they exist. Uh, this plays into a, a story that, a, a line that we've heard throughout this whole protest season, which is say her name. It's referring to the shooting of Breonna Taylor, which the left is trying to pretend that this woman was completely innocent and had nothing to do with major drug deals or that the people inside of the apartment didn't shoot first or any of these sorts of things. 
However, let's take all of that for granted. Let's say that there was an unjust shooting in the case of Breonna Taylor. We can get into that case maybe a little bit later in the week, into the specifics, because it's being completely misreported. But let's, let's just take them at their word that this was an unjust killing. There is a U.S. senator who sponsored a, a bill naming Breonna Taylor to stop no-knock search warrants by the police. Do you think that the, the mobs, the left, left-wing BLM, Antifa, those people, the foot soldiers of the Democratic Party, you think they said, oh, there's Rand Paul. He said her name. Okay, he's a good guy. We're not going to mob him and threaten his life. Uh, no. You can see, I love here that Rand Paul, when, when this mob starts pushing on this cop, almost knocks the cop down, the cop who's protecting him. I love that Rand Paul then turns back and like grabs the cop. <laughs> like, you all right, cop? Because Rand Paul has had uh, a, a, a large share of violence in the last few years. That Bernie bro almost mowed him down during the congressional baseball game shooting. Then his insane leftist neighbor broke his ribs, nearly killed him in a personal attack. And now he's got this mob. He's probably looking at the mob like, yeah, go ahead, make my day. Come on, you feeling lucky, punk? So he he leans down and helps the cop. But there's this irony because the, all they keep shouting is, say her name, say her name. Rand Paul has said her name more than anybody. In the case of Breonna Taylor, doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with an actual demand. They're not saying, say her name. Okay, here's her name. Okay, we're good. No, it has everything to do with mob violence to permanently shut out, silence, shut up, even to the point of violence and death, Republicans and conservatives. You know, the deplorables, the irredeemables, the fascists, the, the trash. That's what it's about. There's, there's nothing you can say that will pacify this mob. They want you silenced forever. There are now roadblocks in DC, like we're some third world country, like we're some tin pot dictatorship. Right now, you're trying to come in and out of D.C. In certain areas, you will be stopped by a mob that will check your car, that will force you to say things and tell you just to get out of your car. Because that's what you want to do when there's a violent mob nearby. Get out of your car, right? That's worked out so well for so many of the other victims of the BLM slash Antifa slash Democratic Party riots. Say that. Say right. So you see this guy's walking up to the car. He's kind of joking into the camera. He's getting in this driver's face. This driver is just a sort of like sad looking white guy. He's looking kind of upset. You feel me? He's trying to listen to her. It's funny. She says, listen to black women. She's hey, screaming. Hey, bro, hop out He's with us. Hop out with us. You're not getting through them. Just You're not hop. through. Hop hey, out. if you hopped out, you have a better chance. Hop out. Leave your car here. If you hop out, you got Come a on chance. Come on out. This guy, it looks like this guy's on the verge of tears. 
Please, no, guys, come on, please, no. He's about no, to why? cry. Why? He says it, he says it, he's about to cry. Look at him. I also love this shrieking hyena in the background. Listen to black women. You say, you're not making a good argument for your, for your request. I don't, I don't think, does everyone sound like you? Because I don't, if, it, if that's the case, it's like that shrill white woman who's shrieking in that guy's face. Let's talk about cops killing black people. It's like, uh, huh? Lady, calm, calm down. I think there's, I don't think the primary problem here is necessarily racial so much as uh, there's this cultural issue with these young, shrieking women who uh, are, are not making us uh, particularly amenable to listening. But the guy is listening. The guy leans in. He says, what, what are you trying to say? She doesn't care. She doesn't want to be heard. She just wants to scream. And then you see this guy coming up to him, intimidating him, saying, come on, get out of the car. Get out of the car. Get out. This is the kind of thing you would expect driving through a third world country. But it's not. It's happening in America, not just some places in America, multiple cities, not just multiple cities, our nation's capital. How long before we're officially a failed state? How long? Like at what point did Venezuela get declared a failed state? At what point did Zimbabwe get declared a failed state? At what point did Syria? Where? Libya. Because this kind of behavior, if you told an American that this would be happening in our country 10 years ago, they would not have believed you. And over what? Requests that have been met, right? Say, say her name to Rand Paul, who wrote a bill naming her. And over premises that are false, that there's an epidemic of cops killing black men in this country. Innocent, you know, unarmed black men. And really what it's over is elected Democrats and Democrats in the media calling for the violence. How long, how long before we're a failed state? This is the issue that was at the heart of the civil war. Okay. There are a lot of issues in the civil war. I mean, especially slavery. There was also this question of states' rights, but the, the issue that everyone agrees on is this question of self-governance. Why did the South secede? Why did the South not revolt? Right? We just had an American revolution the century prior. Why not have a Southern Confederate revolution? Why was it called secession? Because to have a revolution requires that you acknowledge a natural right, natural law. Right? We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, and that's where we derive our power to revolt against an unjust government. But the South was founded explicitly on racial supremacy. It was founded on slavery. So they couldn't revolt. It would have been an incoherent revolution. They had to secede. But you can't secede because when you secede, you totally undermine self-governance. The, the, the agreement that we come to with self-governance is we're going to come together, we're going to have a country, and sometimes you're going to win, sometimes I'm going to win, but we're going to stay together as a country regardless, and we're not just going to take our ball and go home when we lose. Because if you do that, of course, that, that's no self-governance at all. That's just, that's extortion, right? That's, that's, that's not a, a republic. What do we have now? We have Hillary Clinton herself saying, when you lose, you, or when we lose, not when you lose, when you lose, we're happy. When we lose, we're going to get violent. We're going to threaten your lives. And the only way we're going to stop is when you lose and you let us take over again. Joe Biden said, he made the same threat. He said, we can't take four more years of this. 
People thought this was some sort of pious, sentimental lament. No, it was a threat. You can't take four more years, but you're going to get four more years if you reelect Trump. So just elect me, it'll be easier. It'll be, look, that's a nice business you got there. Sure, it'd be a shame if something happened to it. It's a nice, that's a nice life you got there. Sure, it'd be a shame if something happened to it. People always ask, are we in the run-up to a civil war? I hope not. But there are parallels between right now and the 1850s. And the same party that pushed us to the civil war in the 1850s seems to be hell-bent on pushing us toward it. Now, it's an issue of self-government. And actually, you know, self-government works on the political level, but it also works on the personal level. You have to govern yourself. You have to discipline yourself if you want to have a self-governing republic. All of our founders knew this. So what about on that personal level? What about on that cultural level? We have the sad story of Bella Thorne. I don't know who Bella Thorne is. I've never seen Bella Thorne in any sort of TV show or movie, but I'm told she's a very famous TV and movie actress. Now she is also a pornographer. How'd that happen? Here's the quick rundown of the story. It shows you just about everything that's wrong from the personal to (laughs) to the public political level in our culture. Bella Thorne sent nude photos to her boyfriend electronically. Those photos got hacked, which always happens when you're always liable for that to happen. And if you're famous, it certainly will happen uh, when you are, when you are in the public, right? So she gets hacked. This guy was extorting her, said he was going to leak the photos. So she started an onlyfans.com account. Onlyfans.com is this website that allows anybody to become their own pornographer and make money selling nude photos and videos and otherwise degrading themselves. So she started an OnlyFans.com to leak the photo herself. She made $1 million in one day, and she made $2 million in one week. She was already a millionaire, but she's making a lot of this money. Now, she's supposedly a victim here because someone hacked her photos. But Whoopi Goldberg, a left-winger on The View, had the audacity to say, you know, if you're famous, you, you should use a little bit of prudence. If you're famous, you probably shouldn't send nude photos because those photos inevitably are going to leak. If you're famous, I don't care how old you are, you don't take nude pictures of yourself because... But she only wants to share with one person. But she should... Listen, when they're hacking you, they're hacking all of your stuff. So whether it's one picture or a million pictures, once you take that picture, it goes into the cloud and it's available to any hacker who wants it. And if you don't know that in 2019, Mm. that this is an issue, you, you, I'm sorry, your age does not, you don't get to do that. I got to tell you, I kind of like Whoopi Goldberg, even though I know she's a left winger and sometimes she has these fits of, of politics on, on the view. But she does have a kind of basic conservatism. She realizes, you know, you think you take that photo and it's private. It's not private. When when you take a digital photo, it's never private. When you go on OnlyFans.com, that's not ever private. Anything on the internet is public. The only question is who's looking at it and how many people have seen it so far. So if you're famous and you don't want these nude photos to get out there, just don't take them. Pretty simple, right? We used to say this to people like, hey, don't create pornography of yourself. That used to be not just an acceptable point of view. That used to be very good advice. Bella Thorne was furious. She said, shame on you. I don't want to go on The View anymore because I don't really want to be beaten down by a bunch of older women for my body and my sexuality. Blaming girls for taking photos in the first place 
is sick and honestly disgusting. No, it's good advice. It's good advice. Let me reiterate Whoopi's brilliant advice. Ladies, do not take nude photos of yourself. Do not take them. Do not send them to that boyfriend that you really like where you're sure you're going to be together forever and he would never do anything wrong with them. Do not upload them to the cloud, even though they're going to get uploaded to the cloud the minute you take them. Just don't do it. Why would you do it? What's the point of doing that? You will only regret it. I got, I got a message from someone who had an OnlyFans account. This was a message that was sent in through the website. Not through that website, through my website. And she had this problem pertaining to her OnlyFans account and was trying to work her way through it. And I, I said, okay, I'm, I'm happy to try to help you sort out this tangential problem. But here's the first problem. You're on OnlyFans. Get off of OnlyFans. Don't do it. There is no good that can come of that. There is only harm that can come of that. You will regret every moment that you're on there. The money isn't worth it. The money isn't, it's not even that much money. I guess for, for Bella Thorne, it was $2 million. That actually gets to be part of the problem. But it's not, just don't do it. I guess you're not allowed to say that these days. Because that's, it's somehow feminist to get women to, to sell their bodies. And it's misogynistic to tell women not to be degraded and objectified. That's the, hmm, wait a second. I'm seeing something, I'm seeing a little illogic in that, in that framing. But actually this, this money is a little bit of the issue because that's not the end of the story here. Thorne puts these nude photos up. The customers apparently felt that Thorne was not sufficiently nude in the photos and they had paid $200 for the photos, pretty expensive photo. So they demanded a refund. And I want to take a pause here. Everything is public on the internet. Everything. Okay. Why on earth, if you really wanted to see a nude photo of Bella Thorne, wouldn't you just like wait for some other guy to pay $200 and then for that photo to inevitably leak? We know the photo is going to leak. The original photo leaked and that was on her private cloud account. You know, it's going to get out there. Why would you pay the $200? These people not, not thinking with their uh, upper, upper regions. So they got upset. They wanted a refund, but now you're talking about $2 million going back and forth on this website. So OnlyFans said, okay, this is too big a problem. We're in a cap. How much you can charge at $50. Okay, fine enough. But now the other pornographers are upset. The other women, or sometimes the men who are prostituting these women are very upset that the cap is going to be 50 bucks. They said, wait, we were making more money. So what happened? Bella Thorne apologized. Bella Thorne said, I wanted to bring attention to the site. The more people on the site, the more likely of a chance to normalize the stigmas. And in trying to do this, I hurt you. I've risked my career a few times to remove the stigma behind sex work, porn, and the natural hatred people spew behind anything sex related. Hatred? They're spewing hate. I don't know that it's hatred. Certainly exploitation and degradation, but I don't know if it's hatred. I wrote and directed a porn against the high brows of my peers and managers because I wanted to help with the stigma behind sex. I'm a mainstream face, and when you have a voice, a platform, and you try to use it in helping others and advocate for something bigger than yourself, again, in this process, I hurt you, and for that, I'm truly sorry. I'm sorry, women. I'm sorry that I in any way discouraged you from degrading, objectifying, and selling yourselves. Please, go back and objectify yourself. Sell yourself, please. Everybody involved in this entire situation is doing the wrong thing, except for Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) Whoopi Goldberg is the one person who gets it. And she didn't even go that far. She didn't say all girls should not take nude photos of themselves. She said girls who are famous, who know they're going to get hacked eventually, shouldn't take nude photos of themselves. How, How do we get from that culture 
to a good self-governing society that, un, that recognizes virtue and can have logical conversations. You can't. That's the problem. That's the problem. I'm not, I'm using this OnlyFans Bella Thorne thing as one example. Obviously, there are many issues beyond sex. Sex is the most scintillating of them probably. But this gets into fraud. This gets into other personal relations. This gets into how we do business in the country. This gets into how we look at our local communities. This looks into the relationship we have to labor. This looks into the relationship we have to slave labor overseas. If you don't have a robust moral sense and you don't actually practice virtues and you don't even understand the argument for practicing the virtues, as many people here other than apparently Whoopi Goldberg does, you can't have a self-governing country. Your country is only as good as the people. Your ability to regulate your country is only as good as the, the people's ability to regulate themselves. So what do we do? Some, some conservatives throw up their hands. They say, well, there's no way to legislate morality. That's obviously BS. All laws legislate morality. All laws make moral arguments right down to parking meters. You can't have the whole, the way you legislate is by making moral arguments for the laws and then enforcing those laws. So of course you can. Now you don't want to have a tyrannical regime that is, uh, that is undermining public morality, which can happen as well. I think we're pretty far from that at this point though. Why don't we take back our politics in a way that can go in and say, hmm, shouldn't be doing that. Shouldn't be doing this. We forget onlyfans.com, which certainly should be heavily regulated, probably into the dust, probably just outright banned. Because also, what are the, what are the safety guards here? How do we know that people under 18 aren't on this website? We, of course they're on this website. So there are many legal ways to go after a website like that. But we have such a loss of respect for law, law and order in this country, that we can't even tell murderous rioters on the streets to put the guns down. Ted Wheeler won't do it. He's fanning the flames. Democratic Party, fanning the flames of this, encouraging it saying, please go out there, mob them, get violent. That's not just a personal problem. That's not just a cultural problem. It all ties into this bigger problem. We're trying to, we're looking at it in these little pieces. We're just seeing the trees here. You got to zoom out and see the forest. The personal problem, as the left says, the personal problem is the political problem. And the political problem ties in, not just BLM, not just Antifa. It's the Democratic Party. It's the whole edifice. In the face of that, where do you stand in November? What do you see the stakes as in November? Getting more intense and more intense and more intense. And we always hear this is the most important election in our lifetimes. When your opponent tells you that, when they tell you what they're going to do to you if they get back in power, what they tell you what they're going to do if they don't get back in power, believe them. That's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. And production assistant, Ryan Love. <laughs>
The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental. And that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Listen.